You're listening to the Table Church Podcast. The Table is a community in Orville, California that aims to follow Jesus by doing what he did. Love God, love our neighbors, and serve those in need. Find us at thetablechurch.net, Instagram, or Facebook. And now for the message. Okay. Good morning. Thank you. That was all James. I don't do any of the technology stuff because uh, I just I just can't. Um, so <laughs> thank you for that intro. Um, let's see. Where are we at? Click. Forward. So as we always do, um, if you have any questions throughout the sermon, you can go ahead and text this number. I'm not going to answer it. James is going to answer it at some point throughout the week. <laughs> Um, no, I'm just kidding. He probably will answer them, but if you have questions for me, um, I'm happy to uh, to answer. Um, so as we, as you know, we've been working um, through a series uh, where we talk about parables, and parables are earthly stories that help us understand um, heavenly realities. And so today's um, message is going to be uh, from Luke, and it is about the unjust judge and the persistent widow. And so, as we always do, we talk a little bit about the bad news, the good news, um, and then we move into head, heart, hands. So, bad news today um, really is that our world is full of injustice, right? Um, I don't think, you know, I thought about bringing a, a story about injustice, but I think the reality is um, we all have a good understanding. This is just um, a couple of pictures that I pulled really quickly. Um, from the internet that just depict um, a multitude of injustices that happen every day throughout our world. And so I think I don't need to bring a story. I think we all understand um, in some way, shape, or form this world is just full of injustice. Uh, And I think as people, um, I know for me, we always try to find the reason, right? Why does this occur? Um, We try to rationalize it. We want it to make sense. Um, And so, you know, we can draw our conclusion from the garden and the fall, right? Um, When Adam and Eve took from the fruit, right? That caused um, a severing in the relationship that we have with the Lord. Um, But I think there's also this part of, and it it leads into, you know, the garden as well, but a free will. You know, the Lord um, calls us to him, but we we have the free will to follow um, the Lord. We have the free will to seek him out. And so I think sometimes what that leads to is human understanding or really human misunderstanding, right? Even the most well-intended people just don't get it right sometimes. And so I think that plays a part in it um, as well. But ultimately, I think the reason that we have so much injustice in the world is because there's a disconnection. We have a disconnection from our Father. We have a disconnection from the Lord. Um, Our world is full of injustice. That's the bad news. But the good news uh, that will come from the scripture today and in this parable um, is instruction for us on how we navigate a world that is so full of injustice and how we avoid being becoming numb and paralyzed to that injustice. Um, And so I'm going to just start out with bringing you the good news gospel um, from Luke 18, verse 1 through 8. Uh, Thank you, James, for looking up that page number. If you want to flip to page 799, we can read this together. Um, So again, I said this is the parable of the unjust judge and the persistent widow, and it starts in verse 18. And it says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city. He said, 
who neither feared God nor cared about people, a widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, give me justice in this dispute against my, or with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me down with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God will cry out to him? Don't you think, sorry, uh, God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find in, on the earth who have faith? So as always, um, or as is our practice, we like to look at scripture from head, heart, hands. What does God want us to know? What does he want us to feel? And what does he want us to do based on the scripture that we're reading today? Um, and so what I believe that God wants us to know um, is that persistent prayer is a practice. And you may be thinking, Miranda, <laughs> I think you're a little off. That probably goes at the end of the sermon. This is a doing thing. And you are partially right. It really is a doing thing, right? This is, um, this is something that we should be doing day in, day out, persistently praying. But for me, I think what God wants us to know in this passage is that persistent prayer um, is more than a task. It's more than simply bringing our request to God and a persistent, long, drawn-out, painful prayer and then just kind of giving up and, and closing our doors, laying in bed, putting the sheets over our heads, and that's the end of it, right? No. Prayer is a is a practice and it has meaning and it has a purpose and I think part of again it's not endless repetitive painful prayer um but it's keeping our requests before the Lord day in and day out right um and it is continually living for him day in and day out it is drawing close to him and building a relationship, right? Because as we continue to come to him day in, day out, what are we doing? We're building a relationship, right? If I just send this request to him once and that's it, um, then that's it, right? Like, we're not building a relationship. We're not getting to know him. We're not giving space and place for him to um, mold us and change us or even really giving him space and place to do what he's going to do with other folks, right? Um, especially when we give up. And so, again, I think this is a practice. It has a purpose for us to grow in our character and our faith and our hope. Um, it's also a patience and, or it's also a practice in patience. Um, and you might be thinking, well, what does that matter? Why do we need to be patient? Um, and we've talked about this many times um, during other sermons. But when Jesus came, really, he turned the world upside down, right? The way that we we are called to interact in this world as Christians is very different than the way um, that just mainstream American society works, right? And when I think about this, I think about um, quick fixes, right? It's very much like, especially in America, I'm just talking about us specifically, um, but we want things and we want them right now, right? Um, these were a couple of things that came to my mind, but this is like a quick fix for a tire, right? I do not want to sit at Les Schwab all day long and wait for my tire to be fixed. Just, just put this, well, I don't even know what it is, in there and we're on the road and, and life carries on. 
this is my probably guiltiest pleasure, but the Starbucks app, right? I do not want to wait in line forever and get my, I don't know, I change it all the time, but <laughs> get whatever drink I'm getting, right? I want it quick, I want it fast, I want to order it ahead, and I want to be on the road and doing my next thing. Fast passes at Disneyland, you all know, I'm a Disney gal, and so I don't want to wait in line. I don't want to have to make small talk with people around me. I just want to go, and I want to get on the ride, and I want to enjoy it, and that's the end of it. Um, or this, PayPal, right? Pay in advance. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to know how that's going to affect my finances later. Just give it to me now, and I'll work it out, you know? Or the fast food, right? I want it now. I'm hungry. I'm hangry. Give me the food, and I'll be okay, right? But I think what happens is these quick and hasty decisions that we make lack insight and empathy and character for others. You know, for me, when I don't, when I just order the Starbucks at 2 p.m., I just want it right now. But I'm not thinking about, man, I know I'm going to be laying in bed at midnight not being able to fall asleep because I'm drinking coffee at 2 p.m., right? I don't think about my finances and what will happen if I, if I do that PayPal you know, for four. I don't think about the impacts that it's going to have on, on me um, and others around me um, because they're quick and hasty decisions. And so I think, again, coming back to the point, God is drawing us to persistent prayer as a practice to grow in our faith, to keep our eyes on him because he wants us near. He wants us growing in our relationship with him. And he wants us to learn how to be patient and wait in his perfect timing um, because ultimately whether we see it or not he's working right he's doing something uh, all the time so be persistent in prayer because it is a practice and what does God want us to feel I think he wants us to feel peace when I was thinking about this sermon and I was preparing for this sermon I thought I'm pretty sure that I do peace every single time. <laughs> so I don't know if that's just something that's on my heart and what God wants me to feel uh, today, being up here in this most uncomfortable space. But I think in general, he wants us to feel peace. Um, in Isaiah uh, six or 9, 6, it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, right? We know this. This is something that the Bible tells us. This is who God and Jesus embodies when he comes down to earth is being the Prince of Peace. Deuteronomy 32, 4 says he is the rock. His works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. And then uh, just before our passage today, in Luke 12, 27, 28, consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like these. If that is how God clothes the grass of this field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And then today in our passage, Jesus says, or God says, when the Lord said, learn a lesson from the unjust judge, even he renders a decision in the end. So I don't think that God will surely give justice, or I think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to them day and night. He will keep them he, and keep putting them off. Um, so in this passage, we see uh, peace through the just decision. And some of you might be thinking, well, I think it speaks a lot more to justice 
and you're right, it does, right? God it is the God of justice. But in that justice, in that just decision, I think it brings about peace in us, right? And I think it brings about peace for um, the persistent widow, right? She brought forth a request. We don't really know what that request is, but it just says she wants justice, right? Give me justice in this dispute against my enemy. Um, and it's granted. She sees, I'm going to see that she gets justice. This is from the, this is from the unjust judge, right? She gets the thing that she, that she wants, and I think that brings a peace about her. Um, I didn't really talk about this, but um, I think it's an important note that during this time, so there's two main characters in this, in this um, parable. There is the persistent widow, um, who is number one, female, right? This is a woman who during this time is not somebody with, um, you know, from, from the perspective during this biblical time as somebody who has a lot of worth, right? Um, wealth and um, possessions and all of that comes through the man. And then in this story, um, she doesn't even have that, right? She's a widow. Um, and so whatever possessions, whatever power, whatever she may have had is now gone, right? And so um, she's bringing that before um, the, the unjust judge who really doesn't care about uh, her requests. Um, and then there's the character of the villain, the unjust judge. It literally says, I don't care. I don't care what God says. I don't care about people. I'm just going to do, do what I want to do. Um, and I just think it's so beautiful. And isn't it just like the Lord to bring, um, elevate the least of these into a position of hero being the hero, right? Um, but as I was thinking about this story, the whole point of having parables, the whole point of um, these stories is so that we can draw a connection to some of the characters, right? And the reality is there's two of them. Um, and I think we want to believe that we are the widow. And so we look to that, um, you know, we look to that. <laughs> but as I was thinking about this story, and I was reading this over and over again, because that's what I did. Um, I already said all this. I identify as the unjust judge, right? I'm thinking about my kids. <laughs> And walk with me here for just a moment. But this is a picture of us as we were getting ready to take my oldest, Clayton, off to Lineman School in Oregon. When we were preparing this trip, um, my husband drove the RV. I drove my car. And then Clayton drove his car because he had to get back and forth to, every, every, to class every day, right? And so there's eight of us. And everyone wants to ride in the front seat. And everyone wants to listen to their own I don't know, music, and everyone wants to ride with dad and not mom because mom makes them listen to audiobooks, right? <laughs> so everybody wants their own thing. And at some point, I'm like, I don't care. Ride where you want to ride. Listen to whatever you want with your earphones and your iPad. I don't care. We just have to get there, you know? I didn't care. I was very um, not thinking about justice. I didn't take the time to get to know what, what each one of my kids wants. I really didn't care. I was really only worried about myself in that moment. Give them what they want. I just need to maintain my, my sanity, not insanity, <laughs> for the next eight hours, right? And so I think what, why this is important is because regardless of who you identify at in this story, there's a, there's a message for you, right? Whether you are the villain or you are the hero or you identify as either one of those, everyone wants peace, right? Everyone wants peace. 
But I think the peace that God wants us to have is not just the peace of like a quiet car for an eight-hour drive, right? It's not just the peace and the absence of conflict. Um, it's more than that. It's not just justice and getting what I want in the moment. It's more than that. He wants us to experience that heart transformation, right? He wants us to um, connect with him and draw close to him each and every day through prayer, through prayer and relationship so that he has um, a way uh, and a connection to transform our hearts um, so that we can experience empathy and we can have an alternative worldview, right? So that we can see things through, uh, through other people's um, perspective and eyes. And I'm speaking a lot right now to, to our overall um, society and injustice, right? This is how we get justice. It's not just about um, did I advocate really hard and I got what I needed, but it's about did I advocate really hard and did I see what what was wrong um, in this situation with others and is the true justice being being brought that those that are the least of these, the, the widow, the persistent widow, also gets what she needs, right? And so I think the peace that God wants us to have is the shalom. We've talked about it a couple times also in service. And it's that peace that transcends all understanding, right? It's the peace in the middle of it all. It's the peace in the middle of the injustice. It's the peace as we continue to take up our crosses every single day and continue to do, to do, to do the next thing, right? And so that brings us um, into our final point. And in, what does God want us to do? And I think that's proceed with hope, right? Luke 18, one says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that she, they should always pray. We covered that. And never give up, right? What does that look like? In Luke 18, 8, God says, I tell you, he will, grant he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? That is living and walking and doing. How many will he see that are still continuing to carry out their faith in all that they do, right? He doesn't want to know how many people still claim to be Christian. He doesn't want to know how many churches are still, um, you know, in the greater Orville area. He wants to know how many people am I going to see when I come down there that are still living it, walking it, doing it day in and day out. Um, and I was reminded when I was reviewing the commentary from Joel B. Green, and I just love this point. And he says, in fact, according to the Greek text, verse 8, Jesus' question is not concerned with faith in general, um, that, but the faith that is the manner of faith demonstrated by the widow um, in this parable. And what it reminded me of so much as I was reading uh, the commentary and I was continuing to read the scripture um, again, in true Disney style, because that's who I am, is it reminded me um, of this little song from uh, Frozen 2. Um, and so I'm going to give that to you now. I've seen dark before, but not like this. This is cold. This is empty. This is numb. The life I knew is over. The lights are out. 
Hello, darkness. I'm ready to succumb. I follow you around. I always have. But you've gone to a place I cannot find. This grief has a gravity. It pulls me down. But a tiny voice whispers in my mind. You are lost. Hope is gone. But you must go on and do the next right thing. But break it down to this next breath, this next step, this next choice is one that I choice to hear that voice and do the next right thing all right <laughs> so do the next right thing i think that's what god wants us to know and do <laughs> is that he wants us um to confidently and with hope do the next right thing, to walk in faith, to never give up. Uh, and you don't just have to take Disney for it. There's more scripture that backs this up. Micah 6, 8 says, uh, He has shown, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And so what does that mean to have that hope? It means to be intentional in the spaces that God has led you to, right? We're all at a different place and in whatever injustice, right? I, I didn't talk about them, but I showed them. There's many of them, right? And we're all connected to those in some way, shape, or form in different ways. Um, and so we're all going to do something a little different. And these are two, I think, that just spoke to me because I think they're relatable to, to most of the folks in our congregation, right? Whether it's... Um, uh, adopting animals or uh, adopting and fostering children, right? We're all at a different place. But there is something for us all to do, no matter where you're at, right? Some of us can foster and adopt. Some of us can just serve, right? Serve in our community. Uh, be a football coach. Be a mentor. Be whatever it is, right? We all have a different role that we can do. Uh, and I think God just wants us to do that and to walk confidently and with hope uh, wherever he's placed us or adopt and rescue uh, or care for or, um, you know, buy food for the SPCA, whatever it is, right? We all have a role and a, and a, and a place and a space there. Uh, sorry. I'm going to leave you with this uh, this final story. 
and try to hold my composure because when I did this, I went through this whole sermon with my daughter and I totally lost it here. So I'm going to try really hard not to lose it now. Um, but when I think about persistent prayer and when I think about walking in hope, um, there's one person that continually comes to my mind. And that's this lady over here <laughs> in the glasses. This is my grandma, Elmer Lee Matney. Um, she is the reason I'm here today, point blank. Um, she was the perfect example of um, a God-fearing Christian woman, right? She's the reason that all of the all of the people in our family really know God and have a relationship with God uh, because she was that foundational base for us. And so my grandma lived uh, in Southern Oregon, and every Easter and every Thanksgiving, we would go up to see her. Um, and over Easter vacation, my sister and I would go by ourselves um, and we would stay with her for the week. And what I love and why I say that she was the perfect example is life didn't pause when we were up there. It wasn't like, okay, my grandkids are here and everything is about my grandkids. It was my grandkids are here and they are going to come with me wherever I go and whatever spaces I am in. And they're going to see me living out this faith day in and day out. So what we did was um, we would go help her serve at the uh, senior community center. We would go help her uh, make dishes for folks uh, that need that were in need. Um, but the other thing that is so beautiful uh, is each and every night, my grandma didn't quite believe in that prayer shouldn't be really long um, and persistent and painful. <laughs> there were definitely times where prayer took, you know, upwards of 15 minutes because my grandma really believed that everyone deserved to be prayed for um, by name um, and very persistently and very long. Um, but I loved it. And I'm going to wrap this up, I promise. But one of the things that she prayed about consistently for years and years and years was this guy right here. I don't know if you see the resemblance, but this is my biological father. Um, we call him RJ. RJ left my family uh, when I was about three years old. And so fast forward, when I would go up for Easter vacation and Thanksgiving vacation, my grandma would still continue to pray for this man every single time, by name, consistently. Pray um, for his journey with the Lord, Pray for reconciliation. Just continual and constant prayer. Very sorry. My grandmother passed away in 2014 at the ripe old age of 94. Um, and to that day, she continually prayed for all of us and him. And what she didn't see was this in 2017. Not 17, I was 19. Um, <laughs> but he came back around. This is him at my daughter Kaylee's basketball game when he came out. Um, he came out because my grandfather was sick. Um, but he made the connection back to us. Um, and she never got to see that, right? She passed in 2014. This didn't happen until... Uh, started in 2017, but 2019 came to fruition, right? But it didn't matter, right? She still persistently prayed that whole entire time. She never got to see here on earth. I'm sure she's watching. Um, that come to fruition. So for me, when I think about um, this story and I think about this parable, um, I think about this woman and how grateful I am to have a, a real-life worldly example 
of what it looks like to persistently pray and to patiently wait. Um, and sometimes that waiting might be beyond what we we will ever see, but that doesn't mean um, that it's not important and that we should stop doing it, do the next right thing. So I think what God wants us to do um, is to proceed with hope. So if you have any questions as we wrap up, you can send them. And you're welcome. We always get out of here a little bit earlier when I preach. (laughs) Um, So I think wrapping it up, what God wants us to know is that persistent prayer is a practice, right? It's more than just a task. It's about drawing close to him day in and day out, creating places and spaces for her, him to transform our hearts, to transform our perspective, and also to transform those in the situation. I think what he wants us to feel is that peace, that peace that transcends all understanding, that peace that comes in the middle of the grief, the peace that comes in the middle of the journey, while the injustices are still happening, he wants us to feel that peace so that we can have the hands, heart, hands, the ability to proceed and do the next right thing, to walk forward and hope. Let us pray. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today um, and to bring the message. Lord, I just pray that um, that whatever it is that you want the folks in this room to have and to take with them on their journey as they go out into the world, Lord, that you... Um, would let them have that, Lord. And whatever is not of you, whatever is just my own understanding or my interpretation and has no base whatsoever, Lord, that it would leave. Lord, I just pray over um, us today that we would just be encouraged as we go out into the places and spaces that you have called us to, Lord, that we can walk confidently knowing that you have so many promises to show up and to deliver justice, Lord that you will give us the confidence to walk forward in and, and, and faith and hope and to continue to be present and intentional in the places and spaces that you've called us to, Lord. And I ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Table Church, will you add to Miranda's prayer with me, the Lord's Prayer, saying, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day 